You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a combined episode of Central Europe in regards to the World Junior Championships. And I'm joined with possibly one of the first contacts I did, made while working for Eyes on the Prize. Uh, a good friend of mine, a uh, commentary, he provides commentary for my sport in regards to the NHL. He is also a central scout for Europe, for central scouting in uh, in Swiss, based in Switzerland. And it's my friend, Thomas Rost. You're always on around this time when we need to talk about either prospects or World Junior Championships. We're so glad to have you. Thank you very much. And once again, for your trust and uh, invitation, it's always big fun to talk with you and uh, talking the World Junior Championships. Thank you. Indeed it is. And and, uh, Thomas has just recovered from COVID, I think it was, right? And uh... Yeah. Awful, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we're going to ca- try to keep it short for three countries. <laughs> but uh, looking at the rosters uh, for all three, and and you have to sort of assume that those three will be part of that. Trying to get into the quarterfinals and trying to avoid the 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 last place finish in the group, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the, you you could say, and and I'm. Because I just published that that podcast as well, but you could say that maybe the underdog this year would be Slovakia, especially if they had a certain uh, Slavkovsky in the lineup as well. Yeah, this uh, I I did think uh, when Slavkovsky is here and Nemec and all the big names that they will have a very good team, but now Slavkovsky is not here, so. And I did watch the Slovakian team in a tournament just one month ago in Switzerland, under 20, where they didn't play very well. Then I just noticed they lost the test game to Germany. It's, I think, 5 nothing. Uh-huh. So I'm not so sure how, how really good uh, they are. So uh, I think Slovakia, Germany, Latvia, Switzerland, Austria... Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's difficult. It will be a big fight for them. I think, except Slovakia on paper, still nobody of these underdogs has a really good team this year. But you could also argue that neither Sweden or Finland has. Uh, Sweden will have problems in the defense. I think uh-huh. a lot of cornerstones. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're going to jump straight into Germany. Um, yeah. And I'm going to let you talk about it. You obviously have, uh, or they obviously have Nikita Kwap. Uh, Kwap. Yeah, uh, as a goalie. And I would assume he, being drafted out of the Canes uh, or into the Canes system, he would be the first goalie, right? Um, I think they will start with him. Personally, I'm pretty high on Simon Wolf. actually. I liked him and I was a little bit disappointed or surprised that he didn't get drafted in a late round, uh, last draft. And I wouldn't be surprised if Wolf will overtake Kwap in, during this tournament. But I think Kwap will, will start as the number one. Um, how do you rate that that goalie group? Is it a good group? Is it... Uh... What do you expect out of one of these countries? Um, 
I definitely think that the German of these countries, the German goalie group is the best. I, I'm not, I, I'm very unsure about the Swiss goalies, but in, in the very end, you need one hot goalie. And yeah. sometimes it's a very, it's a big surprise for one, two weeks. Somebody you never did think of uh, is, is, is quite hot. So I still have hope, but Switzerland doesn't have a really good goalie. And I think Austria has a very good prospect. Um, the goalie, the, the very young one, Oshgan. Mm -hmm. But he's too young. And I, the under-20 tournament usually is a tournament for the older age groups and very seldom that uh, there is such young uh, players already dominate such a tournament or very, very good. But in two, three years, Austria will have with Oshkan a good goalie. Uh, going back to Germany, uh, the defense, what stands out for you there? A lot of them playing in, in uh, DEL 2 or, or Germany 3, which is, I would assume, third division then, right? Yeah. Actually, I don't, I think this is the weakest point in the, in the, in the, in the German team. They have Bidul, they have Van der Linde. Little bit, uh, they're quite, uh, quite okay. But did I take some notes? Adrian Klein is quite okay, but nobody. They are far away from from the level of a uh, uh, side or something. They, it's uh, really maybe this Ryan Betterhall. Uh, I think he did come from the Western Hockey League, and uh, he has some physics. And the Germany overall will be very. Good physical, the physicality quite I like, and the competitiveness. Mm -hmm. They played well also in the tournament under 20 in, in, in Morte, well, what I mentioned before, that was in November, and they surprised me positively, although they don't have really big name players. But in, in forward position, looks a bit better. So tell us about the forwards. <laughs> <laughs> they have the Hanold, Hakon Hanold, the Washington draft pick, who is a, not really an offensive threat, but a very good two-way and smart uh, defensive center. And they, the one, the one really player I really love is Julian Lutz, Arizona draft pick, right? He, yes, I think he will. He has a good chance, a really good chance, to become a top six forward, as a top two line forward in the NHL. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he in his draft year he was out many many months. This I think this costed him maybe the first round pick status. But I really like him. He's a very smart player, very skilled, and I think he will be the cornerstone of the of the forwards. And I also like Luca Hauf a little bit. Uh, he he's pretty good at a two-way offensive threat in a way and uh, I like the physicality of Bennett Rosmi he was the center the captain of under 20 team in the Monte tournament that I mentioned uh, before these are maybe then White Oswald also some sort Yannick Broskre some sort of good players other than that it's difficult but they are not easy to play. They, they really have uh, are good in puck battles. Their competitiveness is, is pretty good, and they are quite uh, quite big and strong. Some of some of their players. 
a few of them place in in North America already. Uh, Del Monte, you mentioned Hauf in in uh, in uh, WHL. Yeah. Uh, you got Henelt in in uh, the queue, uh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how important is that to to have them already playing in North America for for this tournament? Yeah, I think it's a little bit uh, of an advantage because of the size uh, of the ring, but I wouldn't overrate it. I think after two, three games, more or less, uh, players adapt. Uh, but it's a small advantage on the one hand. On the other hand, also not, because also Switzerland has a handful of players who play in North America. And uh, maybe not Austria, but uh, this can be. Yeah, they have one player also, Linton. So uh, I don't think it's a big advantage because nearly everybody has some players already in North America. We see in Champions Hockey League that the German teams are doing better, at least at the top teams, um, since the the uh, start of, of, of that tournament, was it eight years ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, how is it to, and we saw Cider coming up through those ranks and, and, and developing in Germany and getting playtime early in his career among the men. Uh, has that continued in Germany or is it... Um, is it a, a hold down the or holding the juniors back a little bit? This is the big discussion we held since two, three years, one, two years uh, in Switzerland and Germany, because in, in Switzerland we allow now to have uh, six imports instead of four, and this was big, big discussion. I think this discussion is a bit overrated. Listen, the, the Germans, they had unbelievable players, young players, all of a sudden started maybe with uh, Dreisaitl mm-hmm. and uh, who came alongside, Stützle, Peterka, mm-hmm. Reichel, all these great players, Lutz now, who is also in this category, uh, like uh, Reichel and uh, Peterka, I guess. And Switzerland didn't produce nothing. With, although we are not allowed to have such a lot of imports, now it changed everything. Then all of a sudden, Slovakia came up with an unbelievable age group and the young players here and there. And everybody tried to find out what's the secret behind this. To be very honest, I'm not so sure whether there is a real secret, I think, because I was then depressed because Switzerland didn't produce nothing anymore since years, since years, nothing, no players, no draft pick, nothing. But now, one week ago, I did come back from the under-17 tournament in, in Romanzon where I catched this, uh, this illness, actually. But I can tell you, the 2006 age group in Switzerland is unbelievable good. And I don't, can't tell you why. <laughs> All of a sudden, now Switzerland comes up with an age group with five, six players who will be drafted in one, two years. So I don't know whether all this discussion, how many imports you play already in the year or not. It's so individual. I'm, I'm really, this is maybe not a, a popular, not a spectacular, not a nice answer for the listeners. <laughs> because, But I think it's the truth that 
we just don't know it so well. What is the reason why some players develop, others don't? Is it because they already play with men? Or is it because they go to North America? Or is it because they stay? Nobody really knows, to be honest. It's an educated answer, and that's what our listeners want from us. So don't worry about it. Um, okay. you, you started speaking about Switzerland, so let's jump into that kind uh, that that team. Um, and what can you tell us in general about the team? And and if we go through uh, goalies, defense, and and forward groups uh, in the same way, more or less. Yeah. Um, Obviously, think... for me, what stands out is one of my non-favorite players, uh, Leon Vichel. Non-favorite player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, actually he is a big cornerstone of this team. He was really missing. I think in summer there was some some uh, big debate why they didn't invite him. He wanted to have some extra service or whatever it was. It was not a nice story. But now finally they did talk again. He will be on the team. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you did watch him better, how he developed. I haven't seen him really play so much this uh, just on computer sometimes uh, this season. I, I'm not so sure whether he really developed much. I think he's, 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 a, he's a monster. He's he's developed physically and, and, and uh, in his defensive end, sure. But he also still thinks those bonehead place where where he takes the player rather than the puck and and he doesn't hit the player square so yeah. it becomes a dirty hit in, in many ways or or he's yeah. late to the hit and that's... and I, I i think his hockey iq isn't there and and yeah. and that's what, where i struggle with him um one mm-hmm. of my our other guests on the pod he he says he is so big and he has all these tools, so he's going to get an NHL contract anyway. It doesn't matter if he's smart or not. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, um, I understand he's going to be the cornerstone, obviously, for this team, and he will make certain, like, make sure that it will be tough to cross the blue line for uh, into the Swiss zone. Obviously, um, you also have Sanetti though in in drafted out yep. Philadelphia and and. Um, Playing with number nine as a defender, that's uh, quite a statement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in a way. Yeah, but he's also not a, not a high-end player. We don't have real high-end players, I, I have, to, have to be honest. The, the secret of the success will be the team success, working together, staying together. We have some, we have this uh, Dionisio, number four, he's... Quite okay. We have number seven, Joel Henry, who already played in, in summer. Tybel, who played in summer. They're quite, quite okay. Canonica, more or less. But I like Druk, in a way, from Zurich, number 16. But it's very, it, it's very uh, difficult. I don't think that players from this team will be drafted uh, as overage or so. Maybe they will surprise us. Uh, I don't know. I like this number 21, Dario Siedler. He's a very small, very, very small defenseman who plays already in the, in the Pro League in Lausanne. He's smart and good, maybe a little bit the opposite player than, uh, than Bixel. And uh, I'm a little bit disappointed what you tell me about uh, Bixel because what you describe me, that's the way I had him one year ago and obviously not much 
happened in between if I look at stats and the, the computer the games what I did watch on instead sometimes uh, yeah it's, it's, it fits exactly to my impression but he should adapt to, to, to the to the pro league in syncing the game in in zone exits and making this this better more professional this puck movement but his physical tools are unbelievable good yes and his shot is pretty good as well so um his his shot ah his shot okay very yeah. heavy and and yeah, put, yeah. So, put some uh, speed on it so so uh, yeah. you would assume he will be there on the power play and uh, and and try to use it as well um, yeah the question the the thing is that if you get around him, you you you're gonna have a breakaway more or less, and or you're gonna be pulled down and and either get a penalty with you or or a penalty shot with you. Uh, I'm also interested to hear about your. Um, uh, I see one of the forwards actually wears Prada as well, uh, with um, Jeremy Yabola Prada, who is also Spanish citizen. Um, let me think. Where is he? Number 11. 11. Ah, yeah. Jeremy Chabola from Bern. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, yes, he has some, I think, some uh, South American roots. And he's, but he's very small, five, five foot, five foot six. Yeah. So uh, not so. He's uh, maybe coming back once uh, to Liam Birsel, one very uh, interesting detail. He is not just unbelievable beak he has an unbelievable wingspan yeah i did read that his wingspan from left to right if he put out the arms are meant usually if you have this wingspan then you are even one and a half inch bigger than he is <laughs> so this is maybe also one of his biggest weapon because yeah. uh, in the play without the puck of the it's a big advantage. Jabola coming back to Jeremy Jabola, yeah, he's an entertaining player in a way, but I'm not sure whether he can really compete on this on this uh, level. We will see. I, I like him in a way. Uh, he's fun to watch, and uh, but on this level, how many times will he have the puck? That's a question. Uh, Christian Woolwen has left the team for for since a few years. Um, I think he's in Davos now, right? Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah. In, exactly. And, and uh, I say every time we mention Davos, we have to mention the arena because it's fantastic. Go there yep. once in your life uh, for for all the listeners. You have Marco Bayer, and and uh, he's been involved before, uh, but also you have brought in Tommy Albelin, uh, former Swedish NHL player. Um, yep. How do you rate this um, coaching team in general? It's difficult, uh, difficult to tell. I definitely like that Albelin is part of the team. He's also part of the senior national team. Mm. And he's a big part. I know this. He's working with the defensemen and he will do the same on the on the 20 level. But of course, they are not together a lot. So his influence is a little bit limited. But I think he is a really important guy in Swiss hockey development and doing a really great job, no question about it. Marco Bayer is a little bit unlucky in a way because he did take over from Volvend, who was... Uh, very successful. Uh, successful, very good self-promoter mm -hmm. also. 
and he could work with better age groups. Mm -hmm. And now, since Bayer is the under-20 coach, he has to deal with not so good age groups. And because he doesn't have the, uh, the charisma of a whirlwind, and he doesn't have a, a record as a, a coach, an impressive one from the past, he is very easily criticized from, from the media. Uh, and I think this is a little bit unfair because as I come back to it, the age groups he worked with since two, three years and also this year are really not good. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. We'll be back shortly after a few messages from our sponsors. And we're back. And uh, we're here with uh, Thomas Rost uh, from uh, Central Scouting and uh, being a scout for Central Europe. Hence why he's here for Germany, Switzerland and Austria. Looking at the Austrian team, obviously, and you are as old as me, so you remember this old song, Harder, Faster, but in Montreal they sing Roarer. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, what can you tell us about the Austrian team and maybe Vicen's role, role in it, especially because that's what many of people will be who's listening to this will be interested to hear. Uh, I think he will be the Austrian team will be number one favorite to be maybe relegated, but they are definitely better than a lot of people might think. They but a lot of people think they are worse because uh, so bad because Marco Casper isn't involved, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is definitely a big, big, huge loss if you don't have such such a good player. But still, they are not that bad compared to Germany, compared to Latvia, compared maybe even to Slovakia, and, and uh, compared definitely also to, uh, to Switzerland. Switzerland would be if they would. Uh, play Austria if in relegation for something. For example, Switzerland would be slightly favorite, but not big favorite in my eyes. So Rover is, I think, together with Scherzer, who is, I think he, he's not, I think he plays in Sweden. Um, I think the, the 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 most important forward of the team, Austria. But the, the most interesting player probably is Reinbacher, the defenseman, mm -hmm. who will go to 2023 NHL draft. And in my books, he's an early second rounder. And in some books of my colleagues, he's even a first rounder, or second half of first round. <laughs> and uh, this is a really interesting combination. Roro, I also like, he played in Zürich. I, I know him from Zürich when he was in the in the system. Then he did go to North America. And I like his, his intelligent uh, uh, play. He has a lot of, brings a lot of energy to the table. He plays a fantastic season right now in, in North America. And he will be 
the player relied on in, in most offensive situations in the, in the power play. And, and if they need a goal, and I think he's very good. Then, as I told you, Reinbacher, very interesting player, very mature player already, very calm, never stress. He plays like a 25 years old already. He's also pretty mobile in all directions. And, and uh, it's in Cloughton. In, 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 in Cloughton, yeah. yeah. I don't know. How, is, is that a good team this year or...? or... Um, not not really a good team, but also not a bad team. We have now, what we have now, 14 teams. <laughs> I have to think, I think we have 14 teams a day or maybe number 10 or something. Okay, yeah. At the, at the, uh, at the moment. It's a classic so, team, though. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a classic uh, team. They were in the second division for now two or three seasons. And uh, now they, they did go up. This is the first year that they are up again. Mm-hmm. And they do surprisingly well, actually. I did think they will fight for maybe 11, 12 spot and, uh, or 13. But now they are around 10, so uh, pretty good. They have some pretty good imports also. Because now, I, as I told, we have now six imports in every team. And this changed a lot in the league. And uh, also made maybe Zug the maybe best team who is struggling in the in the Swiss league at the moment, but very good in the Champions League in the semi-finals. So they are quite dangerous also for everybody in international competition because they have top they have six top imports. And uh, Roro, yes, is very interesting. Then they, as I told you, I like this young goalie, 2005, Oshkan. Mm-hmm. And um, Luca Auer is a, some sort of uh, good sentiment, quite 2000. Uh, no, not 2005. Luca Auer, I have to watch, he is a 2004, you know. He's pretty good. And a player what I don't know, because he plays in, in USA, and I haven't seen him, to be honest, is Jack Linton. That's mm-hmm. a really exciting guy. He plays in the US, and uh, now first time for the national team. And in the defense, as I told you, Reinbacher is the man. He already played for the Austrian senior national team. And Söllinger, Patrick Söllinger, is a pretty good guy. And uh, he plays from uh, Black Wings Linz, and he has a good body and a pretty, pretty solid defenseman. That's about so the name that I expect the most. Uh, it would be not the truth to tell you that I know all Austrian players. I don't. But uh, I also discussed a little bit with the head coach, with uh, Otto Bardo, head coach, mm-hmm. senior head coach, who also is viewing under 20. Uh, players and uh, I think that's that's about what to expect from Austria and don't underrate them although they will definitely missing Marco Caspo I I think every team would have missed Marco Caspo maybe not Canada but but the rest of the team (laughs) the rest of the teams would would definitely miss Marco Caspo 
So, so it's a tough break, especially if they end up being relegated because of it. We can also understand Marco Casper, though. He's played in the World Juniors for two or three seasons already. Uh, he has led this team. Uh, Rögle is struggling at the moment in, in SHL. Um, that's part of it. But also, he wants to focus for the World Championships for men in, in come spring yeah. and want to be ready yeah. for that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so you can understand Marco Kasper uh, from that regard. Also, next year we'll know he'll be either in AHL or with Detroit Red Wings already because he is that good. Um, Thomas Rost, you've been amazing to have on. I'm not going to keep you up anymore. You you look a little bit worse for wear. Uh, <laughs> you find Thomas obviously on on uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Thomas Rost. Uh, I'm going to promote it in the podcast as well as always. Um, you also you can also find you on uh, if you read German you you write a column for one of the papers right yeah and online also for my sports yeah. mysports.ch mm. uh, they are write a weekly column mostly about NHL but this mm. week it will be a preview for the about the under 20 world championship yeah we will uh, for sure have you on before before the draft. I'm sure of that. But uh, again, thank you for, for joining us, Thomas. And I wish you and all the listeners a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. I wish all everybody Merry Christmas. Stay healthy. Enjoy the days with your families. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.